So what we're going to talk about today is Image Comics. Image Comics in the early 90s and being at the, the exact right age at the exact right time for that to be a, make a huge impact on me. You know, and I, I hear a lot of people uh, disparage 90s comics and especially uh, the early image stuff and some of that's valid and some of it I think is just people dogpiling on stuff or or not appreciating that these books um, were written like like a lot of great superhero comics are written for kids and even though they're <laughs> they're hyper violent and way over the top and, and there's some gross toxic masculinity kind of stuff in them which is you know is there I, I want to deny that even though there is that stuff. There's some great stuff in there, and there's some undeniable energy, and there's some really interesting, weird stuff that is is kind of subversive within that stuff. And some of it's like some of the great comics of the '60s and '70s, and the '80s. Um, some of it might have been unintentional, but um, it really spoke to the to the youth at the time, and uh, and I was one of those. And so we're gonna talk about that. Cool. Okay, so I was thinking about how I was introduced to Image Comics. Okay, so I believe it was 1992, and I was uh, I was there for for like the onset, basically. But I, I used to buy comics from uh, from the Circle K, from like this the convenience stores, you know, the newsstand kind of thing. I used to buy them there, and every once in a while I'd buy them from a comic book shop. And there was a couple shops. I lived in Tucson, Arizona. So in Tucson, near uh, near me, kind of, was a place called Dimension X Comics, which I really liked. Even though the dude who owned it, uh, he actually didn't own it. He was like the main guy who was always there. His name was Andy. He was kind of a dick. But like he was, I could tell he was just uh, being funny, like having fun with me. I was, you know, really young. And it's funny, I actually basically became Andy, but uh, he was really uh, sarcastic and, and he would uh, give you shit. And he was doing it in a joking way, but at the time, I, I was kind of, you know, I was really sensitive. And so I, I liked some of it, and sometimes it kind of hurt my feelings. But, and it was, and I don't even remember any actual, like, details. I just had this memory of that feeling. But it's funny, I basically later became that guy, like I said, I, which, <laughs> I don't know, it's kind of interesting to me, but I became the guy who makes jokes all the time, sometimes sometimes at people's expenses, and usually at my own expense, but, uh, you know, and sometimes there's varying, there's varying results. But anyway, so that was a weird influence right there. But anyways, besides Dimension X, there's also, uh, I think they closed after a while, and I stopped going there, there's a place a little bit closer called Manny's Comics, and Manny's Comics, Manny was a super nice guy, uh, really, really cool guy. Manny's Cards and Comics, and I was right next to Circle K. So basically, I, I, I had both my options right next to one another. Anyways, I remember, um, 
I was I was already in the comics. I was you know into Batman and Spider Man, and I was really into Tom McFarlane. Tom McFarlane's art was uh, he was my favorite artist easily. So his Spider Man was amazing. I thought it was the best. And um, he's the artist I tried to emulate when I drew. When I, drew. I did the big McFarlane Spider-Man feet, you know, so you always see the bottom of them and they're up and stuff like that. I thought his Wolverine was uh, phenomenal. And, you know, I knew I knew uh, Jim Lee stuff. I had read some X-Men. I really, really liked his stuff. And uh, Rob Liefeld, too, with uh, X-Force and, and uh, New Mutants. I had, a, I had a trade paperback of Extinction Agenda, so they had Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld together. And the third guy, who I don't remember, honestly, and I also remember not liking his art so much. It felt um, felt really dated at the time. I felt like Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld were like the cutting edge. And this is like, you know, that book came out in the late 80s, I believe, or maybe it came out like 1990. So they were like the kind of the, the new fold, the new popular thing. And so this guy's art was more, harkened back more to like, um, you know, it felt like it was like early 80s, maybe late 70s, but maybe just he just wasn't as dynamic and maybe he's actually I should reread the book maybe he actually has better uh, bones as a comic book storyteller like panel panel transition and actual storytelling stuff but they had style and pizzazz and I like that so um, so I knew about those guys I, I knew about uh, Eric Larson because I loved his Spider-Man 2 so basically when Tom McFarland stopped doing Spider-Man Eric Larson took over and, and I remember I have I think one of the first comics I ever bought was an Eric Larson Spider-Man but in the back it had uh, pinup that him and Todd McFarlane did together of Spidey, and I thought that was fucking awesome. And so I really liked his stuff. I didn't know anything about Jim Valentino. And Mark Silvestri, I had a couple issues of Wolverine he did, which I, I enjoyed. And, um, uh, and Will Sporticio, I, I never really saw any of his stuff, so I wasn't super familiar with him. But the, that means that, you know, five out of the, the seven guys, um, I was very familiar with their work, you know? And so I, I was. I was interested, and so I, I don't know if I read about it in Wizard Magazine first, or if I just saw uh, a couple issues on like the newsstand. But I think I saw an issue of Spawn and an issue of Wildcats, and so my recollection is I saw issue two, two or three of Spawn. And I think it was two because it had a kind of it was McFarlane art, but it had painted cover, and so I didn't exactly uh, I didn't like pick up on that that was McFarlane because the painted cover made it look a little different. Um, but it looked cool, but I didn't pick it up. I, it was kind of creepy looking, and at the time, which is pretty fun for me to think about now, I was a I was going through this really uh, a religious phase. I was going I was. And it's my own choice. I, I started going to this Baptist church with a friend of mine. I decided I wanted to find God. And so it only really lasted like a year. But I was really strongly, uh, uh, I still, you know, it's funny, even now, or even then, I was still pretty open-minded to a point, but I was really afraid of God. I was afraid of hell. And I kind of thought, you know, there like stuff like the exorcist was, there is a lot of, Real stuff too. I thought the devil, the devil was a real thing. So seeing Spawn, and I and I could realize it meant like Hell Spawn. I was like, okay, it seems a little dark and evil. I don't know. I, I was like, maybe that's a bad thing. So I saw, but I I saw that, and I think I saw a cover for Savage Dragon, and I don't know if I figured out those are the same artists I really liked, or or if I read about it in Wizard. But anyways. The first one I bought, the first image comic I bought was Spawn number four. Spawn number four's cover is just a close-up on the Violator's face, and it's really great looking. It's especially at the time, that's exactly what I, I love. McFarlane did great monsters, great open mall kind of creatures, and 
you know, it reminded me of his Venom. It also reminded me of the Alien movie, which I was a huge fan of. And it, it just looked awesome. So I picked it up. And within the first few pages, it, I, I, I knew it was McFarlane. I could see the little scroll on the, on the thing. I knew, um, just looking at the pages, like, not only was it, it was, this is Todd McFarlane, but this is McFarlane. It, yeah, he had gotten even better from, like, the last Spider-Man he did. He took, like, a year off between this. And so... The, I remember in the newsstand, the, the comics are printed uh, on cheaper paper, so it makes the artwork um, and the colors a little darker. And I actually prefer that. So I my old Spawn 4, I'll compare it to some of the other Spawns I bought later on, which are that glossy paper. And the colors, the computer colors are a little uh, garish, a, li- a little bit much on the, the glossy. But on the newsstand, it was just just perfect and the colors at the time you know color computer colors weren't a thing in comics for most of the ones i read so i was like holy crap this looks this looks like a, an animated movie this looks so good it looks like a great like um like um like ninja scroll like an anime film with, with was well drawn and they took a lot of time for the style so anyways you have spawn fighting violator and spawn gets his arm blown off and a hole blown through him and uh, violator holding a human heart and then eventually the actual uh, Malboja, who's like the, the devil of the Spawn universe, he appears. So I was totally like floored by this comic, issue four. It was a conclusion of the first arc, but um, I was also uh, terrified that I was going to go to hell because, you know, not that Spawn made the devil like a good guy, but, the, you know, there is it's a very dark book and the main character is... Uh, essentially an agent of the devil. You know, he's rebelling against it, but it was a lot to take in. But... That being said, I risked my immortal soul for more Tom McFarlane Spawn. Because even though I was like, maybe I'm going to go to hell. I was like, fuck this, dude. I, this book looks awesome. I got to buy the rest of the issues. So I went back and got issues three and two and eventually one. And so, uh, and and as I was doing that, I got I got in on Savage Dragon. I think I, I didn't have issue one for a while. So I got issue three first, which, which is him versus Bedrock. Before he became Bad Rock, which I... I still don't know the whole deal with, like, Rob Liefeld had a character named initially Bedrock, because he's a big rock creature, right? And so he's called Bedrock, and he had, like, a, a catchphrase, which I thought was actually pretty, I think it's still pretty cute. He said, Yabba Dabba Doom. <laughs> and then he just demolished it. But um, eventually he changed him to Bedrock, which I think is awful. And it's stuck, and I, I've, I think within a comic they made a point that he changed it because uh, Hanna Barbera wanted to sue him or something, and because uh, he's a young blood character and all the young blood characters are celebrities, and so I guess they're worried about like you know legalities and shit like that. But um, I saw Bad Rock sound is so dorky, but Bedrock was cool, and you know he he's in that you know line of a lot of uh, those kind of uh, golem creatures, which you know like like the thing and and. Concrete from uh, Paul Chadwick, I think his name is. It, you know the big rock creatures, and uh, I thought he was a cool design. He's very, very simple, but a big uh, lower jaw, and he was. He's he's also kind of has that um, Captain Marvel Shazam thing where he's. Uh, I think he's 14 in the book, so he's like a little. He's a teenager. He's super powered, so he's really enthusiastic. Anyway, so I really liked him, and so Savage Dragon, which I really dug. I love Eric Larson's work, and I that's that's an image comic I still read. I won't get back to that later, but. Reading that Savage Dragon number three, um, so I got the, I, I got to meet a, one of the Young Blood characters. So I was like, okay, so maybe I'll get into some Young Blood stuff. And so I think I got Young Blood number four or something like that. But then I also got some Wildcat stuff. So right, so I was already kind of in. And so the best part of all this, to, to kind of backtrack, Image Comics started right when I was I think eleven or twelve. And what was cool about this is I was already in the comics, but 
of course, this was like the early 90s. And, you know, Marvel and DC have been making comics for, for 30, 40 years or whatever, you know. So, and they've had these shared universes for that long. And Image was a chance for me to not only follow my favorite um, artist at the time, and I, I'm still am a creator guy over character. I follow creators usually more than the characters. But not only could I follow my favorite artist, I could get in on the ground floor of a big superhero universe. I didn't have to, um, you know, buy a, a Marvel's Who Who. Or, or I, I had this older dude who, uh, he's older dude, he's like younger than I am now. He was like 23. This guy, I think his name was Nick. Uh, he was, or maybe it's Nate. He was a really nice guy. Lived in my apartment complex, and him and his girlfriend used to always uh, like let me hang out with them, even though they didn't have kids. And I was kind of a dorky, like ten year old. But they used to hang out with me, and, and he would take me to the comic shop. And anyways, I could ask him anything about a, a superhero, and he always had an answer. I'd be like, so, like, cause I was like, I was like, did Doctor, um, did Reed Richards and uh, Doctor Doom go to? school together and he's like yeah they went to college and he explained the whole thing and he would tell me oh Doc Doom's mom went to hell because she was a witch and like he fights for her soul he'd give me all these cool little nuggets of the history or I asked him about Namor or whatever he always have something so this is my chance to not to, to become be, become Nate you know become another another male role model like so there's the Andy the kind of acerbic uh uh, comic book guy, and then there's uh, Nate, this uh, really enthusiastic, friendly fan guy. So, image, I didn't have to, I didn't have to, you know, parse my way through. And there's there's fun to that, you know, putting together the mystery of the Marvel universe when you first get in. But now I was there right from the, the onset, basically. And so initially, Image Comics was a big shared universe. And I think they loosely still stu do stuff sometimes with uh, Savage Dragon and Spawn. You know, I know he's he Spawn, when Eric Larson did a, a Spawn run a, a year ago or so, he um, had, had a Malcolm Dragon come in and they, you know, they had some, some stuff like that. But um, that, it, it basically kind of all went away, especially once Jim Lee went to DC and all Wildstorm characters were, were with that. It's all, all fuddled and messed up, so. That was gone, but at the time, it was really cool. So you had like Spawn, which is was, was definitely my favorite book at the time. And when um, they revealed that Chapel killed Al Simmons, and that that's how he became Spawn. Chapel was a, a Rob Liefeld guy. He's a, a hero from Youngblood. That was. <laughs> it's so funny now. It's like such a. It's not like a cliche, but it's like okay, yeah, that makes sense. But at the time, I was like. Oh shit! And you know it's funny. Rob Liefeld's characters at the time they weren't super well written or, or well really fleshed out. But just to know like his 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 good one of his good guys, and he was like a, you know he's like a real brooding badass antihero. He's like the Wolverine of young blood. To know that he straight up killed like his best friend and he betrayed Spawn. That was that was shattering. I was like, oh no, and I was like oh my god that's that's. That's crazy. That I was super into it. I just thought that was the coolest thing, and um, and I got to be there for these little moments like that. And at the time, I thought, I think I thought that not that Marvel and DC would just totally go away, but Image Comics were selling like like hotcakes, man. And I was part of it. I really thought that um, those creators would 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 stick with those characters, and that in in twenty years, thirty years all those books would still be being made by those guys. 
I mean, I should sell, sell the writing on the wall, especially with Rob Liefeld, like just making a million books left and right, you know, and, and, and other artists doing it with him and for him. And, and you know, that's that's fine. But I, I, I should have realized like that's the way most of them are going to go. Like Eric Larson is the is in the minority. He, he still does everything. And Tom McFarlane, you know, he sticks around. He still writes and he he does covers. Or I think he still inks uh, Lost Spawn, which is and he's you know, that's awesome. But. I really wish, um, and I don't think these guys, I don't think everyone of those guys should have stuck to their book to issue 300 or whatever. I, I totally get that uh, now, but it would have been nice if it was more of like a Mike Mignola thing where they um, they did a you know a bunch of, uh, you know, mini series that connect and then maybe they finished the book in 10 years or something like that, you know? So you have Jim Lee's Complete Wildcats or something like that. That would have been more fun for me, but um, that's just not the way it went. But at the time it was super exciting and so, to kind of go back a little bit here when I think about these books now so I, I get a lot of the, the criticism and it, almost all of it to a point there's there, it's valid uh, I do think that people they really um, it's it's really I think it's turning now especially with Rob Liefeld stuff it's turning a little bit but it's really um, trendy to just dump on them in general 90s comics and you know there's and just because something's trendy doesn't mean it's not right. But for this, I think I think people are missing out on on what what's awesome about these books. And so you could look at um, any of these early image books, especially when the the guys themselves, the books that they're doing, the create the, the initial guys, right? So before Rob Liefeld started Extreme and and had, you know, was farming out all these titles and all those characters, and there's some cool stuff there, but it's not my favorite stuff. The Rob Liefeld Young Blood, the Eric Larson Savage Dragon, the Tom McFarlane Spawn the Mark Silvestri, uh, Cyber Force, uh, and Jim Lee Wildcats, all that stuff. Um, those first, um, the first year books, especially there's, you can see, you can tell that these guys, like the leash has just been like removed. Like they're just going ape shit. And it's really fun to behold, like on the page. And, you know, people give them shit for, uh, for doing lots of big splash pages and, and, and a lot of, a lot of, um, uh, style over substance, and, and some of that's true. But some of the, sometimes it's really great to just see that that verve, and like you know, there's a lot of great comics now. And I think in general, comic art in general right now is maybe um, maybe it's the best it's, it's been since I've I've been uh, alive and, and reading comics in general. But at the same time, um, I think. There's some books where I, I there's some books now which look really beautiful that don't have that same um, that same like rip your throat out kind of energy. And I don't just mean like the violence. I mean like there's a, that Kirby that essence of Kirby. I'm not saying these guys are Kirby by any means. I'm not saying that. But what what, what I am saying is that Kirby had that as in every panel he could he tried to make some foreshortening or push it and make it so um it just jumps it, it bounces out of the page there's, there's there's like this this um there's this wave of energy so if if like if captain america is reaching for uh car keys instead of just reaching for it in a nice profile shot or something like that he always make the hand go towards the reader if he could or something that just kind of make it pop more these image guys are really good at, at the pop and so this first that first year you know, even the story, the storylines could be uh, cliche or, or or just nothing special, or the characterization was lacking. Those pages, man, some of the storytelling in the 
pages themselves would just was crackling. It was so cool. Like I remember that the Savage Dragon number three. You open up and there's like all these. It's dark as hell. That's another thing. Too. All these guys wanted to do some dark shit, and it was very much that it falls in that, that '90s trap of like um, they they thought uh, doing uh, dark stuff like you know inspired by Dark Knight Returns and uh, Watchmen. That was the that was a route to make it more adult. Whereas it's really just like um, it's like a 14 year old kid hit their idea of what's what's adult and mature, which is basically still the same kind of. Um, uh, simple storylines uh, of good and evil and stuff like that, but dressed up with um, hyper violence and, and swear words stuff like that. So that that's true, but it's it's pretty pretty fun to read actually because it's it's crazy because like Savage Dragon opens up all these dead children webbed up in a sewer in this mammoth uh, obese uh, creature and I think arachnid or something like that with this big spider like creature. And um, Savage Dragon battling him in the sewer, and it's it's it like the, the two page spread uh, Larson did was so when I was a kid I was like oh my god this is so awesome, and the fight was was really well done. Um, it, it wrapped it really quick, which is the way he usually does it, you know. I was way on board though, and um, it's funny too reading that even at the time, even at the time, because like when you read Image that's first year, you couldn't help but think about. Um, the industry aspect of these guys breaking off on their own, you know, that's a, that's Wizard, the Wizard magazine was always, you know, kind of trumpeting that that sort of story about, you know, David versus Goliath, and you know, so, some of that's a little sensationalized, but it's it's all very true. I mean, they 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 they'd stick their necks out. Sure, they could probably, if things didn't work, they probably just go back to Marvel and Marvel accept them or whatever. But the point is, they they went for it, right. So then the fight with Arachnid, um, he's a spider-like character. And you can't help but think of Spider-Man and like the, this like obese, um, fat Spider-Man character, sort of a, maybe maybe a, a stand-in for Marvel and the allegory the allegory being that he's been uh, getting fat off the blood of children, and of course Savage Dragon is you know fighting at him and trying to defeat him. So you can't help but think, is this like a bloated? Um, uh, sort of avatar for Marvel Comics in general is what Eric Larson is feeling or or are we all reading way into this and I think the image documentary um, uh, they actually uh, like directly um, mentioned this or at least they, um, they they showed the panels and sort of um, the voiceover alluded to like that was the idea but I remember as a kid even like going like that's the vibe I'm getting and even Spawn Spawn had this whole thing about um, Jason Wynn his boss you know betrayed him and lied and, and Spawn felt ripped off and of course he was killed by and his, by his bosses and destroyed and everything taken away from him and so you know it's it's extremely um, blown out of proportion but you symbolically you could go like is this where McFarlane's coming from he feels like he was a company man and or at least he, he was he, he was towing the line, and they and they didn't um, they didn't love him back, and and you know he they set they, they basically sent him off to die. So there's a few things like that. Through some of those early books where uh, you can't help but read into it. But um, what's funny is back to that kind of that hyper violence and that sort of like immature attempt at maturity. That was exactly what I where I was at mentally as a kid and that's why I keep I keep thinking nowadays how like they they will have entertainment which is designated for children and in PG-13 which is like designated for you know you know people people under thir- uh, 13 or older or whatever point is I think that well, I don't and actually I don't think there should be a designation because the point of it is 
it's kind of nebulous, but I feel like for kind of, I, I hate, I don't want to say the word damage, but like for kind of kids who have had a little, have it a little bit rougher, or maybe have seen the world, seen some messed up stuff, right? You know, y- you still want basically child entertainment. You want escapism, but you can't really buy into overly wholesome, hunky-dory stuff. So you need something with a little bit of an edge, but of course you want anything too complex. You know, you, you can't read Blood Meridian when you're 13, at least I couldn't, and, and, and be like, you know, fully engaged. So what you do, what what does work is something like Spawn, where, yeah, it's a, it's essentially it's a superhero story you've read before, but there are these um, these flourishes, these dressed up uh, things where it's darker. It talks about you know instead of like Batman fighting uh, Rob Muggers or the Joker, Spawn fights a child molester because you know as a as a kid I I. I there's some stuff that happened around um, people I, I, I knew in my community and people close to me, and it was it was uh, it wasn't just like a, a headline fear, like oh you know you read a newspaper, or see a TV show, and like ooh you know it's like some it was like a really real thing, like uh, it happens all the time, uh, at least where I, I I grew up, and so um, yeah instead of instead of like my superheroes like just fighting. Um, crazy supernatural characters or or sci-fi aliens from afar uh you know it's kind of weird but i I wanted them to confront the real things you know or or or, um there's an issue of spawn where he fights the ku klux klan and even as a a white straight dude um and a little boy i i that was a real um the real life horror that I, I wanted my superheroes to confront. Now, that being said, I don't think in most of these circumstances, Spawn or any of these other characters really dealt with these issues in um, in the way they probably should have or could have done, they could have done it better. Or, you know, this, uh, there's a, that line in Watchmen where um, uh, Night Owl is talking to a, um, a Jupiter, I've oh got uh, Silk Spectre, and, and and he's talking about how he feels like he's at, at they're out of their depth when they're talking about like uh, Ozymandias' his big plan and all that stuff, and 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 basically it's Alan Moore talking about how superheroes are, maybe aren't designed to deal with these topics in a super realistic way. Like they're better when it's symbolic, you know. It's like yeah, and that's you know I, I don't know that there's there's there sometimes there's exceptions definitely like Superman back in the day you know fighting um, shitty landlords abusive husbands you know that worked I mean that's what made the character what he was at the time so there are ways to do it I I don't know necessarily if Spawn killing Billy Kincaid with ice cream scoops and shit exactly was the best way but as a kid again I was I was uh, I was uh, a kid who's becoming a teenager that's where I was so I, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like sometimes especially now everyone's to um, they want everything then kind of categorized just so so only kids who are this age or this maturity can reach can watch or uh, enjoy this sort of entertainment with this sort of uh, these sort of mature themes I feel like there's uh, th- there's a lack of um Entertainment that's for kind of uh, kids who have seen some messed up stuff. So I guess damaged kids, but they're, they're, I, I think it's a negative connotation. But basically, I was a kid who um, all my favorite stuff was rated R stuff. But you know, looking back on now, it, it, it's still um, 
if, if childish isn't, isn't the word, it's very, uh, it's very simple and not really an adult um, entertainment as far as, uh, it's not about like, you know, the horrors of, of going through a divorce or, or any of these real life complex things adults go through, or it's not really taking a nuanced look at, um, uh, child abuse, this and that. It's, it's basically it's still having cartoony characters, you know, uh, confronting real life stuff. And since it's still a comic book or or a sci-fi action movie designed for kind of kids and, and teenagers, they solve these problems if they do solve them with like um, overly simplified things. So basically, all I'm trying to say is like I like Terminator, I liked Aliens, I liked Friday the Thirteenth, I liked superhero comics. I like Dark Knight Returns I, uh, and stuff like that. And, and um, you know, Terminator 2 for me, as a kid, what it was really about is I thought Linda Hamilton, she was my mom. She was this really hardworking, kind of damaged uh, survivalist who wanted the best for her kid. And she she saw all these men as not good enough. And so that line about when like Terminator is uh, hanging out with John Connor and they're, he's teach, John Connor's teaching him how to high five and she's like, you know, maybe all these men who aren't good enough, maybe, maybe the answer is this dude. He would never hurt John. He would never yell at him. Never tell him he's too busy. Never tell him, you know, he'd never get drunk and, 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 and hurt him. That, um, as, a, as a kid, I didn't exactly realize how much that meant to me. Cause I, but um, it spoke to me like big time. I, I was like, oh, I, I felt... I felt weirdly um, like I understood my mother more watching this uh, movie about uh, a lady and her son in a cyborg trying to um, you know save the world. I, there's something about that like um, that kind of um, see this scene like men have failed. Men have failed this woman, and uh, she she would like a father figure or at least just a, a guy who would be good to her son who would fall through and and, and, he, and you know just just be there and that that's the kind of stuff that I think Terminator 2 is a rated R movie but every kid in the world uh, not every kid in the world but a lot of kids at the time saw it and a lot of kids parents took them to it and I think most kids who have seen it especially in my my um, my age group it, it meant a lot to them. I don't know if it's because of that or whatever, but I think it spoke to um, to kids who, if they, you know, at the time, they saw something that was a little too, uh, you know, they couldn't watch uh, <laughs> they couldn't watch Tiny Toons all the time. They wanted something that actually had, you know, people real what felt real, like real real stakes, real darkness, you know, because they've seen a little bit of real darkness. Or they have hints of it, you know, they've, they come from kind of broken homes or, or you know, they've, they've seen bad things that could happen and, you know, bad things to, to different ranges, you know, they've seen addiction, they've seen maybe abuse, they, they, who knows what, but so they needed a little bit of entertainment that, even though it's really silly to say this, that felt a little realer. Even if it's about uh, a cyborg Austrian bodybuilder uh, trying to save a, a wiseacre kid and his chain-smoking uh, militant mother, you know, and so Image Comics was to me very much that James Cameron kind of school where we're we're going to give you gritty realism, 
but it's it's a gritty it's like a an M and M an M and M a gritty realism shell over over just you know sweet milk chocolate center. That's how I felt about it at least. Thing which I, I've mentioned before, at uh, I'm part of the Copra Press Club uh, Facebook group, which is uh, Michelle Fife's, uh the, the creator of Copra. Who uh, Copra's an amazing comic book. You should read that. Um, he's a, this little uh, group where we kind of all just talk about, if not Copra, this other '80s and '90s and whatever comic book stuff we like. You know, we we, we just talk about. There's a certain. It's hard to say exactly what the aesthetic is, but there's a sort of vibe which kind of fits into whatever what we're into. So, anyways, I mentioned this thing before, and um, rereading uh, some of this old Spawn stuff, some early '90s comics in general, and also just thinking about those action films and stuff like that, um, and Terminator Two. I think there's this this sort of archetype of the uh, and Terminator Two is not exactly a good example, but what's better is Spawn. Let's look at Spawn, Deathlock, and RoboCop. There's this archetype of uh, of men stripped of their humanity, being turned into monsters or or machines, or just just taken away from who they used to be, and taken away from their families, and then trying to get back to their families. And I did not pick up on this at all when I was when I was reading these as a kid and a teenager. But now I, I can't help but think it's kind of obvious that really appealed to me. I, uh, you know, basically like I, my situation real quick is um, I was two when my parents divorced, so I don't remember them together at all. You know, my and my mom had, uh, took us away from my father because he was a he was a drug addict and abusive, and he, you know, he was a, he was a bad person. My mom at the same time made every effort she could to have him still be involved. Even though she moved states away, um, she would drive us halfway point to uh, meet my Aunt Susie, who was nice enough to pick us up and take us back to where um, where Dan, my father, lived. And so we'd hang up with Aunt Susie, but also see my father once in a while. But, uh, you know, Dan didn't put much effort in at all. And um, uh, eventually I severed ties with him completely, uh, actually, uh, about age uh, 11 and so I guess like that year maybe the next year is when I start reading Image Comics which is you know funny but um, uh, so basically um, I, th- I had a lot of uh, issues with my, with my father and um, I, the number one being uh, I was even though I didn't know to the extent how bad, bad of, how abusive he was or how much of an addict he was I was kind of like um, I wish you would just put in an, like a minimal effort to kind of be you know be my dad a little bit and so these characters like Deathlock is this dude who um he's a like a pacifist good father guy who um now he gets turned into a, a cyborg who um is of course like a war machine and he's his his son I think is like was like my age and he now he's this robot guy he, he can't be part of it. he has to get back to his, his old body you know like he's he just wants to be part of his kid's life and his wife's 
life. But of course, he's he's a monster now. You know, so you have that. You have, uh, you have RoboCop. Essentially, the same idea. He he had a wife and a kid. He gets um, destroyed by this. Um, you know, his job and the corporation. And not that my father. I don't think it was his career. It took him away from me by any means. But um. It was it was things outside the family, you know, took him down, and he, you know, Robocop becomes, you know, a guy who can't just go back to his kid's life, and his memory's been all screwed up. But he was Robocop. He's still trying to kind of he drive around the the block, and and you know, it was this really ghostly thing trying to get back to his kids. And Spawn is a little different. Where Spawn's whole deal was he couldn't, um, him and his wife Wanda couldn't conceive when he when Al. Al Simmons, who's Spawn's real name, uh, when he was alive, so he, he dies, he comes back in five years, and it's been five years, and, and Juan is remarried to his best friend Terry, and they have a little girl. And Spawn, you know, there's this deep regret, because obviously he can't fuck that up. He, first off, he's a he's a terrifying demonic potato head man, he looks like shit, and he's not human, and Wanda seems happy, and Terry, his best friend, wasn't out of malice, he's a good dude, they're happy, so... It, 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 you know, but Spawn still pines for that. He, and so I think there's a, might be a few other examples. I can't think of them top of my head. But there's definitely this kind of thing where there are all these guys, all these hero types who basically wanted to get back to their kid and their wife and their family, and they were go going through unbelievable odds. You know, they they, they were they're fighting supernatural forces. You know, trying to get past. Uh, what had become of them, whatever damage um, was done to them, and and trying to get it right. And so, I, I mean, how could that not appeal to a kid like me or anyone else who was in any similar situation, you know? And the funny thing is, you know, at the time, I had, I, I didn't... I, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up with my parents together, so I didn't exactly know I was missing out on something. I, I, I mean, I understood it, you know, the other kids had that, but other kids had way worse lives than me, uh, and worse home lives. Is what I mean. Like, and and some of their dads were shitty, and so and I had stepdads uh, come and go, and you know, most of them were pretty bad, to tell you the truth. But like, you know, I never was like, oh man, it'd be so great if, if you know my my dad, the the, <laughs> the drug addict who I barely knew, uh, wouldn't be back in my life. It wasn't like that exactly, you know. But I think reading these comics again. You know, reading these comics and listening to like a lot of the rock, uh, alternative rock and stuff like that, I listened to at the time. There's a the longing for that male figure who who'd be there for you no matter what, who 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 fight for you to fight to to make you to make you safe or to help you out. You know, so like reading some of these image comics, especially Spawn, it might be totally injected by me, but there's this added layer of nostalgia and also this added layer of I could feel that's what really resonated with me that um, and all those things and even Terminator 2 you know that that movie makes me think about my mother when the, my mother not just dealing with my father's absence because she just dealing with like the, the shit she's had to deal with and doing it on her own and trying to raise her kids you know I I it's funny those those have these deep personal connotations with me, and I, I think everyone probably has some some connection with them that's just very unique to them. 
I don't know if it's like mine or not. It's 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 kind of funny. I mean, it is funny to think about it. These movies are 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 not exactly. I don't think built around that, but I think there's this undercurrent of um, this undercurrent of I don't know emotional stakes that I I find in these movies in these comic books that. I'm glad they're there, even if they're not really the intended or not. It's um, it's just what what they mean to me, and I think it's kind of interesting. <laughs> so it's funny is I remember yeah, getting that issue uh, of Spawn issue four, like it was summertime, and looking it up. Uh, I guess the issue came out in uh, September. And knowing Image, it was probably two months late anyway, so I guess in school I had already started. But um, it just felt like that was a, a like the summer of Image. That's what I, I kind of remember. Maybe it was just a year. Maybe the next year was the summer of Image. But uh, I do know that um, that's the next two or three years, maybe even longer, Image Comics nonstop. It was that was my favorite. That was my favorite comic company. All my favorite books and my favorite creators were all there, and um, it was a, it was a really interesting time to be a comic book reader, and I was part of it. And it was cool to be part of um, something big, you know, in a weird way. Like I, it's not like I was part of like the Seattle grunge scene or or anything like that or even before that even bigger like that wasn't part of the San Francisco 1960s uh, love love culture hippie stuff I, this is the closest I'll ever get but um it was, it was it was awesome and I remember like all the kids at the time who knew what was up like comic book wise they were reading image comics you know it was, it, they were they were hip to it like the dorks were still on, on on just the Marvel DC tip and um, don't wrong, I still read a few here and there and I remember still trying to enjoy Spider-Man like when the Maximum Carnage came out but it wasn't it wasn't good and and even even though if you lump all these books together into early 90s extreme kind of stuff and they're all guilty of that to some degree at least the image guys had uh, verve and, and there's earnestness like they meant that they weren't just trying to cash in and, and imitate um, they were just, they were what they were, you know? And so I guess uh, next up, I'll, the next installment, we'll talk a little more in depth about Image and like what I think the good books were and what the bad books were and what the bad parts of the good books were and all that crap. We'll go through some of the titles and some of my favorites and some of the ones I think that could actually could go for a, a reboot or at least um, those creators coming back to them or maybe different creators although like I said I am a creator guy so kind of usually uh, just like to follow the creators but you know Profit with Brandon Graham and, and the whole gaggle people he has working with him on that and that really proved that um, a lot of these things have really good bones and, and they're characters that could really um could benefit from other people taking taking a look at them, and of course, we're talking about Michelle Fife's uh, Bloodstrike, which I you know issue the first issue has come out, and I think that's going to be light profit, uh, a good indicator that these titles can um, these titles and characters could come back with different creators and rejuvenate them and a new spin. And Glory was also good from a couple years ago. I really like that. So that's basically it, you know. So despite it not really being the summer of Image, I'm going to pretend it is. And we're going to play out with uh, Summertime Rolls by Jane's Addiction, which we've been playing throughout this. 
which the song always makes me think of summer because it's in the title, <laughs> but also it captures that vibe. And that's what I think about an image. Uh, I'll see you next time. Keep on touching that one.